Welcome to this podcast of the Sunday Message from Hope Gateway, a United Methodist community in Portland, Maine. If you live locally, we'd love to have you join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. Visit our website at www.hopegateway.com to learn more. But whether you live near or far, we hope you find this message to be meaningful. Wherever you are, join us in doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. Transition complete. Can you, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, excellent. Um, so I am the least theatrical person in the world. So you'll see I am failing to live into the vision of this series. So I'm remaining myself talking about Mary. So apologize in advance for ruining the vision. Um, but I felt, they asked me a couple of weeks ago to preach about Mary's song and this has been one of my favorite passages of scripture forever, so I appreciate the opportunity, even if I'm not doing what they wanted me to do. Um, I feel like we all know, we know Mary from, we, or we want to know Mary from the Bible, but the Mary that we know and the Mary that we imagine is sort of a weird mix of biblical Mary and cultural Mary. 
And an important piece of work that I want you to that sort of walk with me this morning on is trying to put down the sort of meek and mild Mary that we sing about, um, that Mary, and think about what the Mary who actually sang that song would have been actually as a real character. So that Mary, the real historical Mary, would have been an incredibly young woman. She would have been a Palestinian Jew living under Roman occupation. And she would have been in a rural community. So she's not only the bottom of the power hierarchy culturally, so her whole people are the bottom of a power hierarchy, and then she's the bottom of that power hierarchy. So she's sort of doubly in the bottom rung. And, then, and she's not meek and mild. <laughs> she's standing up for what she believes and singing her song. So we just ran through the angel story a couple of times, but I'm going to walk through it one more time anyway, just to make sure we all really get it, because it's critical for what I realized about this song this week. Um, so as we saw this morning, an angel comes to Mary and says, you're going to have a baby, you should name the baby Jesus, the baby's going to be the son of the Most High, the baby's going to take David's throne, the baby will rule forever. And she says... What? <laughs> Fair question. <laughs> like, none of that makes any sense, but okay. And what I love is that her question is, is logistical. Like, how's that gonna work? <laughs> like, I'm not married, I can't have a baby. As opposed to any of the rest of it. She's like, no, like, how is it gonna happen? And the angel says, Elizabeth is her proof. So, proof. So, if you remember back to last week, Elizabeth is her very elderly relative who already is pregnant. And so the angel says, well, Elizabeth got pregnant, and she's really old. So you're going to get pregnant too. So just go with it. <laughs> and she seems to say, okay, um, what, whatever you say. Um, and then she, you know, end scene in Luke. And then the scene reopens with her going with haste to her relative Elizabeth's house. I like to imagine, I like to imagine Elizabeth as like her aunt or her great aunt. It's an elderly relative in her family. I assume she's going with haste because now she's pregnant. Like she's, she's a single young woman who's pregnant. She just, she's starting to show in my imagination. And so she hits it to the hills to her nice relative who will sort of hide, let her hide out for the remainder of the pregnancy. It makes sense to me. But she walks in, and Elizabeth sees her, and Elizabeth says, you are blessed. You're so blessed that the baby in my womb is dancing with joy at seeing you and the baby in your womb. And again, remember who, Mary doesn't know where this story is going. Mary is a powerless, young woman who's pregnant. I think, I think all of us know young people who have gotten pregnant before they meant to. Very, very young women. And the idea that a young woman who got pregnant before she meant to goes to her elderly, esteemed, respectable relative's house and the relative says, you are blessed. That's not usually what our relatives tell us <laughs> when we screwed up. Usually our relative says, if we're lucky, I will protect you, or I still like you, despite all the other stuff. 
But, but Elizabeth says, you are blessed. And I, I can imagine Mary sort of being like, sort of, she's heard the angel, but she also is seeing her life crumble. And she's trying to hold those two together. And in that moment is when she sings this song. So if someone can click me the song. And we're not, I'm not going to read it, but I just want you to be able to see it, because I like texts. <laughs> but I'm not going to make I'm not going to run through it. But if you look at the song, the beginning of it is, so my soul magnifies for the Lord, surely from now on to generations, I, Mary, will be called blessed. The mighty one has dreamed on great things. Like, the beginning is this song of praise. And then in the middle, maybe like halfway down, God has shown strength with God's arm. She turns a corner and goes from praise into this radical revisioning of justice. So she starts with praise, and then she goes to God scattered the proud, God lifted up the lowly, God filled the hungry, God sent the rich home empty-handed. Like, this is a different passage than where she starts. Um, the message, like the message always does, makes it even more dramatic. Um, you do the message. So the, the message translation has um, God scattering the bluffing braggarts um, and knocking the tyrants off their high horses. So again, this is a colorful, effusive vision of what God's reign would look like. And again, I hope this is not too seminary on you, but what struck me was the verb tenses. <laughs> so so she, she's not saying God will knock the rich down and that God will feed the hungry. She's saying God already did, <laughs> that this is already happening. So go to, back to the more normal. This is more normal to me, translation. It's less exciting, but <laughs> more basic. So I'll leave it up. Um, as I was thinking about the verb tenses, what I realized is that would have sounded just as crazy, if not crazier, in her moment than it does in ours. Yes. So in her moment, if she's a single, pregnant, young Palestinian Jewish woman living under occupation, saying the powerful are about to be knocked down and the hungry are going to be, or not only going to, even I am reverting into the future. <laughs> The, the powerful are knocked down, and the hungry are fed. Like, that's crazy talk. And, as I thought about it this week, she's not wrong. The Romans are, got knocked down. <laughs> the hungry, some hungry have been fed. Some rich, those, the sort of elite Romans, eventually got knocked down. And for us today, to me, there's this tension in her song between both the complete implausibility of it. It is hard for me to imagine a world in which our political elites right now get knocked down. If anything, they seem to be getting more powerful. It's hard to imagine a world in which the hungry are fed when SNAP benefits are being cut for thousands and thousands of Mainers and Americans. And at the same time, she's singing a song of the reality in which that is true. So there's this tension. And I want to go one step past that. What struck me as I read it is how she knew that. So if you remember the angels and you remember her aunt and you remember, and then you look at her song, those outside voices, they only told her the first half. 
So the angel tells her that she's blessed. The angel tells her that the baby will be mighty. And, her, and Elizabeth tells her that she's blessed and that the baby will be mighty. But this piece of it down below, where she sees what God's reign looks like, nobody told her that. And that's what is the, the theme of this sermon series is, are we listening? And what I've been thinking about is, to whom are we listening? And are we making the time to listen to those things that we just know? Because I imagine that Mary the angel told her part of it, her cousin or aunt told her part of it, and part of it, her gut just knew what God's reign looked like. Poor kiddo. Um, so, I think I'm not the only one who, when I'm thinking about how God will tell me something, I want God to tell me with an angel. I want God to, like, <laughs> boom voices in church when I'm praying. I want, like, loud voices on a mountaintop. Like, I want impressive God <laughs> impressively telling me things. And what I love and what struck me this week in Mary's song is that she got that. She got an angel. She got a friend's baby dancing in her womb. <laughs> like, she gets... God telling her stuff directly. And he, the most powerful part to me of her song, I think she just knows in her gut. Have you had those moments when you just knew stuff in your gut? For me, there's sort of two different kinds of that knowing. There's the stuff that I've always just known and I haven't been willing maybe to admit. So that might be, but for me that might have been about my gender identity might have been about how I moved through space. And then other times, my gut is just like struck dumb. There was one moment I think about in my 20s where I walked out of a staff meeting and I just knew that I needed to quit that job like now, <laughs> like this minute. Um, and it, it didn't feel like an angel. It didn't feel like a vision. It didn't feel like a dream. It felt like I just knew it. And what I like to imagine is that that's how Mary knew about this reign of justice and God's vision for the world. So I'm not saying this, though, is just all of us need to follow our guts. Sometimes, like that feeling in our stomach is, is that wisdom in with us, in, deep in us. And sometimes that sort of feeling of knowing something might be prejudice. It might be fear. It might be some ingrained pattern from your weird family of origin that just makes you have a reaction. And so we need to put, what I love about this song then, is it's a combination of God speaking to her from outside voices and God speaking to her from her own little, her own internal voice. So what I imagine is that when she had this just awakening of what God wanted the world, what God was making the world to look like. And she said to Elizabeth, hey, guess what I think? I think God has already knocked over the powerful and that God is going to feed the hungry. And I hope that she had a conversation with Elizabeth about it so that she put that awareness inside of her in conversation with her community. And sometimes your gut is right and sometimes your community is right. Sometimes your community is wrong. And then part of that listening is trying to discern which is which. So I don't want this to end up as a turn off your phone. <laughs> there is a pink train right there. I, 
I don't want this to end up as a turn off your phone sermon. Um, I clearly need a turn off your phone sermon, so I kept writing myself into that corner. But I do know for myself that when I run from point A to point B to point C to point D and shove content in my head in every single transition, so I listen to music and podcasts and the radio and conversations and run, 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 and then collapse into a heap in the bed, my bed at night, I'm not able to listen. Um, and I'm not able to do the work of recognizing whether that pit in my stomach is God's voice or my fear. And I think for myself, and maybe for you, what I'm called to do this Advent, and what Mary's song is reminding me, is how can I make time and make space and make energy to figure out that discernment work? How can I do that learning? And I think that's especially important for those of us who've been told that our voice is not worth listening to. I think this story has often been framed, and again, going back to that cultural image of Mary, where Mary is just a foot soldier in a male God's grand plan. And that God sent his man angel to tell her what to do, and she complied. And there's a, you know, she does what the angel, she incorporates the angel's words into her song, absolutely. But she's also putting her own agency into it. And so for those of us who've been told, because we're too young, or because we're female, or because we're not from the U.S., or because we're not educated in the right ways, if you've been told through any part of who you are that your voice isn't worth listening to, it's especially important to make that time because you've got to sort of claim it to be able to, to own it in the world. So I think that's the work for all of us this week. So let us pray for a second. God, this week, help us to make space to listen to ourselves and therefore to make space to see your vision for the world and in our lives. God, remind us that our voices are holy, especially when we've been told otherwise. Help us to see how much more is possible. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.